Tensei, hello, my friends and relatives. My name is Amy Shalafu. I am the Indigenous Literacy Coordinator here with Literacy Central Vancouver Island in Nanaimo, BC. I would like to do my introduction and my land acknowledgement in my Cree language. So without further ado, Amy Nitsigason, Shalafu Omania Nawehawin, Edmonton, Alberta, Ochinia, Megamekwich, Nanaimo, Niwakin. So I just basically told you well, my name uh, is Amy. My birth name is Shalafu. I am from Edmonton, Alberta, but I now live in Nanaimo, BC. Um, and to do my land acknowledgement, uh, Amy Shalafu Oma Natigasan Nehia Esqueo Omania Niwatin Oma Kitota Minowak Otakichi Kamik Otaskawau Snanemach Suminis Snanawis Egwa Mid Island Metis Nation Ni Tatamin Ota Ewikian Egwa Ehatuskean Nai Hai Kakio Ni Wako Makanak. Thank you for your patience. I am still new in relearning my language. Today is a really special day. It's it's International Women's Day. So happy Women's Day again to all my sisters and my aunties. Um, and to all you women warriors out there. Today is special. I am interviewing a really good friend of mine who I have so much admiration for, Jenny McDougall, who used to live here on the island for many years, but she now currently resides in Quenelle, BC. And she is an advocate and a peer and a, um, a warrior for harm reduction right across the province. She helps so many people, and you will hear more about that in the interview. So please uh, get comfortable, grab yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, and I hope you enjoy. Um, again, I'd like to, or first, I'd like to thank our sponsors. We were funded by First Nations Health Authority for the Winter Wellness Grant. So that's how we got our equipment. And I would also, of course, like to thank Literacy Central Vancouver Island for entrusting this episode, these episodes to me. This is the Red Feather Podcast. Um, I apologize if I sound nervous. I'm usually not, but for t today for some reason I am. And you don't even want to know how many times I've had to do this. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you both for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you both here. First, I would like to introduce my practicum student, Em. Um, did you want me to use a last name or anything, Em? Um, if we don't, that's all right. Okay, I'm, that's good. I'm tuning in and, and coming in from the unseated and um, therefore stolen territory of the Lekwungen and Wasanic people. I'm located Awesome. And I'd also like to introduce our guest for today, Jenny McDougall of Quinell, BC. Um, Jenny did used to live here in Nanaimo, though. That's how I know her. So I just first wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for being here, Jenny. Um, I would like to say that Jenny McDougall is a safe supply and oat advocate. She is a harm reduction worker, a peer support worker, HIV support worker, and a Oh, um, she also credits safe injection sites with contributing to her getting sober and has advocated for overdose prevention services to have a site in Quinell. She has also written poetry on the topics of using alone. 
and she was one of the 301 signatures attached to a civil society statement on COVID-19 and people who use drugs that featured five suggestions on how to move forward. Um, she's also a, PAN, a board member for PAN. Uh, did I miss anything, Jenny? Or do you wanna just jump in and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'll just jump in. I sit at many different tables, so I won't, I won't say all of them. There's just too many. <laughs> I can't remember all of them, but I, I will start off by saying thank you so much for inviting me today, Amy. It's a, it's a huge honor to be invited on your podcast, especially on International Women's Day. Um, really, really, um, it was heartwarming for me. Um, I, I would like to start off by saying I am calling in um, from the uh, ancestral traditional territories of Lataco Dene, and I have the on, uh, privilege of living living, working, playing, and learning on the beautiful territories of Lataco Dene. Um, I'd also just like to um, slip in here that um, on International Women's Day, I'd like to dedicate what I'm about to say today and um, my part of this podcast to my auntie Charlene Sheard, who um, has passed away a few, uh, many years ago, but she was um, part of the women's lib movement and the gay rights movement in Toronto in the early 70s and 80s. And I was part of all the protests. She's a published author for women's rights um, in, in Canada. Um, she also uh, writes poetry. Um, yeah, she's a very wonderful um, activist and who I, who I think is part of me and that's where I get my activism from, definitely, and my outspokenness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I is real. I'm really privileged to be here today. Thank you for the invite. Um, yeah, I, I am the office coordinator and safe supply and oat advocate out of CSUN. Uh, CSUN stands for the Coalition of Substance Users of the North. And we're um, a peer, a peer nonprofit. Um, so it's we're all either past or present lived experience with drug use and some allies that um, believe in this movement of harm reduction have and have been amazing supports to us. Um, so we have uh, a big space where people can come and eat. Uh, we have food, clothing. Uh, we have an OPS site in our space now, um, which is the first OPS space in Quenelle. Um, wow. So it's amazing that it's a peer led one. I'm really um proud of that uh, we worked for many years to get this going um my the ed of csun is charlene burmeister and she's actually the first person i met that got me involved in the harm reduction work that i do here so i'd like to give her a lot of uh, shout out here as well another amazing strong woman warrior that's awesome. Um, yes. Sure. And as you mentioned, Pan, and I'm a member of PEEP out of BCCDC, a member of our CAT table here, um, which is Community Action Table. So I work with many different partners in the community. Wow. That's awesome, Jenny. Um, plus, I know there's a lot of other stuff that you're doing too. There is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always feel like I'm fighting or something. So you kind of did answer some of our questions about CSUN because I'm fascinated. I follow you on, on social media, of course. So, and, and plus we go back 27 years. I've known you for a very long yes. time. Um, and I can't know, believe we both came from such a place uh, yeah, and look right? at us both now, and look both leaders so. in our community and warrior women. I'm so proud to be here with you today, Amy. I'm honored to have you say that yeah. our names in that same sentence. That's just, yeah, we have come a long way, Jenny, you're right. We sure have. 
So the last couple of years have been pretty crazy. So I just wanted to ask, um, you know, as a, when, what year did CSUN start? Um, well, we've been an organization, I believe going on five years and we mm -hmm. have our space now for going on three years, I believe, or um, it's okay. been three years. Yeah. So, so you guys have been up for two or three years when, when yeah. the COVID pandemic um, started? We, we have been, yeah. So how was that? You know, like, did you guys have to shut down for a period of time or were you able to yeah. go in? Um, well, we, we did um, at the door service at first because we were really, we didn't know and we didn't want to, we have um, a lot of peers that have low immune systems that work in our space and many peers that come in also have low immune systems. So we were kind of scared yeah. at first as well as the rest of the world, I'm sure. Um, and we just wanted to be very careful. So we, we serve people at our door um, for a while. And then we, we just use the mask mandate and the safe distancing protocols. Um, and, and now we still, um, our staff wears masks when we're open for the most part. Um, and we encourage, we, in, we encourage um, um, like other peers that are coming in to wear a mask when they're not eating or drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah, our drug user sorry. No, no, our drug user our drug user meetings we had to um switch to surveys because we couldn't have 20 people in our space at once. It's not big enough. Um so we're talking about switching back now to the open meetings. So what would happen is people would come there, um they would do a survey, get some food and stuff like that. We just couldn't have them all in at once. So we would sit down and talk with them through the survey and stuff and get their feedback and and all that. So they still had some connection, you know. Oh, okay. That's good. So things are slowly starting to kind of get back to normal. You were saying you're going to start yes. meetings again. Yeah, yeah. That's way, that's pretty much the way it is here too. Things are starting to slowly roll out back to pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our space has been open for quite some time again now. Um, but yeah, we, we just kind of try and keep uh, the number, like the group size small, you know, yeah. while we're there. But sometimes yeah. we, we can't help but we're just swamped, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, no, exactly. You got to do what you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, had a, I had a question about that, actually. Oh, no, my mind just, why did that happen? It just went, <laughs> my mind tends to wander. Mind uh, you. Oh, that's okay. I'm sure. Oh, I know what it was. So CSUN, um, do you guys have, because I mean, how big is Quinell? It's not that big, right? Like Parksville? i believe like um no i think we're a bit bigger than parksville so our immediate city center is ten thousand, but we have like red bluff we have different areas uh, on the outskirts of town oh, that okay. all come to quinnell so i i think it's probably like forty thousand or something really oh wow because i've yeah. only just passed through when i like when i used to live up in treaty eight territory up in right I never actually yeah, like the city that. itself, the city where all the businesses are and stuff is quite small, but um, we have a lot of surrounding areas. Um, and we also have um, uh, Indigenous communities surrounding us as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so advocacy, do you guys have advocacy there, like for documents, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, so we do have... Um, ooh, um, like our staff fluctuates. So I do help with some, like, um, for instance, if somebody wants to go on ministry, I can help them with that or disability. I can, um, uh, part of the, lots of the advocacy I do is around healthcare and addiction um, uh, and the medications, but we do have other people there that are really good with paperwork and, and that sort of thing. And whatever I, we can't do, we have a poverty advocate at the Friendship Center and I refer people to there. 
Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yes. You guys have a good network going. I, yes. The information that you hold in that brain of yours, Jenny, is so valuable. And like, I just wish I could photocopy you and fight you in every city. <laughs> I mean, I think that we're all like that. Like my my insight is from my lived experience, what I went through. Um, and, and that's where my expertise comes from. Right. And also I, I learned so much from the peers that I support because um, I, I haven't done drugs in 11 years or 10 years. So I don't know about fentanyl. I don't know about meth. My drug use was heroin and, and crack cocaine for the most part. So I can't really speak to that, um, like how it feels or any of that, but I can speak to um, sorry, my back, um, what I witnessed and what I'm told by the clients that I serve. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. D- things have definitely changed in the last 10 years. Um, they really have. And I, you know, unfortunately most of my frustration and, um, uh, exhaustion comes from the actual services that are supposed to be there to help that we have to fight in order to get that help from like, um, the healthcare system is, is and municipalities and, and all these, all this stuff is just, you know, it's so hard to try and get the help that is supposed to be available, but there's all these but barriers. But is it? Well, I mean, I can give a good example to that. You, you helped me once when I showed up at a pharmacy here in Nanaimo with somebody, we got there and apparently the whole province uh, pharmacy computer system was down. So this person yes. couldn't get access to their methadone. I freaked out and was like, okay, so what happens now? This person's going to end up needing medical care. You know, they're going to get very sick. And I just, you were the first person I thought of. I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And immediately you just made it sound so like simple. You simplified it. For me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I can advocate for this person. I now, so thank you for, again, for that, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. You taught yeah. me a lot about, about OAT and how it works and how to advocate for people. Um, you, helped get, you helped get me get involved with the First Nations Health Authority, the Not Just Naloxone, awesome. which completely opened my eyes and changed my life. So I wanted uh-huh. to say thank you for that as well. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, that's such a wonderful team. Um, the Four Directions team with FNHA is just amazing. amazing. Yeah, Len Pierre, I just adore him. He's just an amazing teacher. Isn't he? And to yes. be a part of a, of a powerful group like that, um, that training, you know, yeah, I, I can't speak enough good about that. Um, you know, I learned about like I, my like my son and I have interacted with with emergency room doctors and nurses and had like really powerful discussions about, about advocating for people. And some sometimes the doctors even like hung out after the meeting ended. Just so they oh could, wow! Like, so they could like interact with us, and that's and amazing. Yeah, like, sitting here talking to me like I'm 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 an equal. Was- you are, and that's what's so amazing when we get in this work. Like I was scared to even say my ideas or um yeah. like what I didn't think was acceptable and stuff like that. At first, I was scared because I thought, no, they're not going to listen to you, or it's not you're, you don't know what you're talking about, Jenny or whatever, but then I just said, screw it. I have to, I have to do that. And I started speaking and so like, it just built my confidence up because even doctors, um, like uh, that I work with or they phone and ask me questions, you know, and it's just like, or even at meetings and stuff, I, I do feel like an equal. I, I believe we are equals, Amy. That's just the job they do. They're just another person. You're you're right. You're right, Jenny. I got to 
watch my language. They're, they're not an authority figure, right? But it seems like they are because when we're in addiction, they are an authority figure. And you know what we're oh, strange? Oh, oh are you I gotta okay? plug my phone in, I'm gonna die. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm, yeah. The cool, one of the really cool things I, I discovered through those Zooms also was that it humanized doctors for me because I realized me the too. fear. For the yeah. first time I saw what it must be like to be a human being in a, in a position like they are and be afraid of what to say to somebody who's suffering. Right. That came up. And, in, and in you know, I don't have an issue with doctors who are compassionate. They just don't have the knowledge. Um, my issue comes from when doctors do have the knowledge, but their um, own personal opinions um, get in the way of them helping the yeah. people that are supposed to serve. That is not Absolutely. acceptable to me. And I will not take no for an answer um, from huge. those. You know, I will continue until the person I'm helping or myself get what we are entitled to. Um, they're both the treatment medications. Um, because we do have ways of going above them. Um, and I don't want to encourage that. I would rather work with doctors. I'm lucky enough to have an amazing prescriber that I work with. Um, and, you know, I trust him. When he says no about something, I know it's not because he just wants to say no. I know it's because he's actually concerned about the, the patient. Um, you know, so I, I trust in his, uh, because we built that relationship up now, I know he's not being a jerk. If he says no about something, he'll actually sit down and tell me why he's saying no. And, and that's all, that's a huge difference. You know, when we're not given an, a reason is so frustrating, right? We're, we're not there yet. We need you here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I would we, love we, to. Have, we have made some progress here. I'm still trying Good. to find out why the comfort kits aren't here. Um, because I keep hearing about these comfort kits that they have over on the mainland. And that's like, it's a kit for uh, withdrawals. It's so it's like for, oh. there's something for cramps, there's something for pain, there's something for um, diarrhea. We should apply for funding to make our own comfort kits, Amy. Let's do up a proposal. This is why I love you. <laughs> right? We could probably, there's a probably few sit around um, and wait for it to happen. Because yeah, I keep asking we, people, where are they? Yeah, screw that. Like, that's what we do as peers. We don't wait for, because we're the ones that, that end up doing it. So, you know, insight was started by peers, right? Instead of waiting, we don't wait because if we were just to wait for other people to do it for us, it would never get done. So as peers, we're the leaders and we start all these things, you know, and, and luckily, sometimes we're lucky enough to have um, doctors and stuff that will join us. Wow. You, I just love you. So <laughs> that was my leading into my next, um, what I wanted to say is that, you know, self-care is what, is what keeps matriarchs strong, right? You're a mom, you're a grandmother, your sister, friend to so many, advocate to even more, um, you know, you're connecting moms and families to places like First Nations Health Authority, Mom Stop the Harm. I hope that you know how we see you, Jenny. This whole province sees you. We see you and we love oh. you for all that you do. And on International Women's Day, I wanted to recognize a woman who has smashed through those barriers. And you've done that. You're making me cry. You and I always cry when we get together. <laughs> um, Thank you, you know, Amy. That's so lovely. Women's Day started to celebrate the social, 
economic, cultural, and political achievements of women and raise awareness and accel accelerate gender parity. Do you still think we have a long way to go, Jenny? And if, of course, if so, what can we, as women on the front lines, how can we influence policy changes for sex workers' rights and women in abusive living situations? Just, just for a couple of examples. I think that um, um, uh, learning ourselves how to advocate what our rights are and, and educating other women um, and anybody that is interested, but especially women. And when we're talking about fleeing violence and stuff like that, we need to um, make them aware of what's out there for options, um, uh, educate ourselves and others on what our rights are when it comes to RCMP, court, uh, victim services, um, all of those, all of those things, MCFT, um, MCFT is a really big one, right? Because that, um, that they are involved in the drug part of it. They're involved in the fleeing violence. They're involved in, in many different aspects. So it's really important to know our rights around MCFT involvement so we can help other mothers, um, and fathers, you know, um, if they are at risk of losing their children. Um, I believe that we need to help create programs that are low barrier and not judgmental, where parents can come, um, women can come and, and speak their truth without fear of uh, punitive um, repercussions, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We have the, all those same problems here in MCFT. Just, it just breaks my heart with how many moms I've watched them jump through the hoops, do the dances, do the circles, do all the stuff. Yeah. And still lose connection is key right like yeah. when i find like when we empower ourselves we are empowering others when we engage with them and and somebody fleeing violence or um with mcfd involvement or even in this work being exhausted and stuff having connection meeting together as as a group um with other peers that we have um stuff in common with and same with the moms that we're talking about or, or women, um, connection is key. Uh, connection is the opposite of addiction, I believe. I also okay. believe con connection, when we feel supported and loved, we don't need to be around the people that are not treating us that way. When we have that circle around us, we feel like we're wanted, we're cared for. Uh, that lonely feeling is not there um, for the most part, you know? Um, so connection, um, you know, really, really being there for another person is, is, is really amazing. You know, it's, it fulfills me. Um, it got me out of my house. I was very isolated when I first got off street supply. Um, I was scared to leave. I didn't want people to think I was a prostitute anymore. I didn't want to look up from the ground and make eye contact. I didn't want to wear makeup. I didn't do anything for many years except eat and stay home and sleep. Um, and I went to AA. Um, so after four years of that and being on pills for my anxiety and all this stuff, I was just a zombie. So I decided to, I started smoking pot and, um, that helped me immensely. I got off the pills and just stayed on my methadone and I started doing harm reduction work. And when I started doing harm reduction work, I wasn't judged for being on methadone anymore. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was being judged. Um, I was allowed to be myself and it was celebrated. Um, my knowledge was valued and I finally felt smart for the first time in my whole life. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you always, I grew up feeling stupid 
uh, like I didn't have anything to offer the world. And this harm reduction movement has taught me so, so much that that's not true. You know, and I'm a very confident person now. And um, when you were asking about the exhaustion part, I want to say like the, one of the things I just learned recently, um, part of my exhaustion was hanging on to so much anger and frustration and heartache um, that, and over things that I, I can't do anything about, no matter how hard I try. So I have to give myself, um, I have to let go of that. And that doesn't mean I'm letting go of the situation. I can still work on that, you know, um, whatever the situation is that's causing me that frustration. I just don't have to carry that anger in my heart, um, that pain in my heart at all times. I have to be able to um, rest and to rest. I have to have my mind and my heart, um, you know, spirit, like feeling good, right? Like feeling okay, balanced. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're, that you're really good about looking after yourself by, um, like, I know that you shut your phone off and you shut yeah. off social media and you just say, I'm sorry, people are not available. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm definitely getting a lot better. I have to stop, um, um, overextending myself, I guess, but it's, it's yeah. born out of my frustration of helping people navigate the system that's so, yes. so difficult for anybody to navigate. So, and then you throw some barriers at people and then you know, we're just tripping them up along the way, like just helping them with PWD papers. And yeah, like at literacy, we've, we've started uh, once a week, one of my coworkers has started um, Tuesdays at two, people can come in, they can get help with doctoring, emailing, you know, and it's only it's, it's, it's a little bit, but that little bit goes a long way, because we're, For sure. losing, we're losing advocacy services here, we're losing yes places for people to access to get to get help with these services you know we're yeah. starting like women's groups I have a women's uh, resistance warriors writing group and um where people can it's just a safe place where they can come and and write and journal and write with like-minded women that have experienced that the oppression and the violence that's beautiful and and I love the the poetry that I do too is a big release for me like I wake up in the mornings and the words my the words just come right out of me yeah oh and that's been a big release and I noticed you do that and you're you're writing and stuff and uh, which is amazing by the way um you know uh inspires me and it, and and actually I've written quite a bit of my life story as well um so yeah i'm thinking about maybe turning oh it into God, a book we something. have to do a collab on some poetry or something jenny i would love to i'd love to do like a poetry really? slam because my poetry is not like all night nice. it's like that. it's oh, like more goodness. activism poetry right so <laughs> i get pretty pretty riled up when i'm reading it out loud right. oh we need to do a collab love Adam, it are you there are you with us mm -hmm. i am <laughs> Hey, sorry. <laughs> no, it is all good. That actually, um, just listening to the two of you talking kind of leads really well into my question here for you, Jenny. Um, I'm hearing a lot about what's happening on the front line and how the front line is managing and um, also being a part of that front line, hearing a lot of the same things that we experience um, here in Victoria. So I'm just wondering, um, both through COVID-19, as well as the fact that we are going to the sixth year of this opioid crisis, like this yeah. is still happening. It's, it, it's, it's worse than ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
crazy. Well, I, and I, I mean, you said fentanyl and all that went through my head is what about all the benzos now? I mean, like, oh, exactly. They're just hand in hand together now. Right. Yeah. And the, the withdrawals on the benzos are just horrendous. Not to mention the time that people lose. They're blacking out. Like I, it's horrible. It's so horrible. And that's why I'm such a believer in safe supply, safe supply, not left to die. People are dying because the the safe drugs are not being offered across BC. I know in Victoria they have the safer program, which Corey Ranger is part of. And that's amazing. I, I love the work they do. Love, love, love the work that they do there. And I would love to, like right up here, all we have is Dilatas really for opiates and uh, you know, Eslam and um a few different ones, but we don't have fentanyl or diacetamorphine. And those are the two that we really need. Um, and not to mention stimulants as uh, inhalable options. We're we're really missing a mark on that. Um, yeah. people are switching to injection just because they can go inside and use um and because they can get safe supply options that they can inject, but not smoking. So, you know, um, it's, it's a big gap we need to fix. So do you think that the government's done anything to help? Um, I think the government has done, I think, I think the BC provincial government has done, um, is trying to do something. I don't think it's enough, not nearly. Um, and the federal government, I don't even, (laughs) yeah, I, they just voted no on decrim and I'm just very, uh, disgusted with Justin Trudeau right now. Uh, with many different reasons. Um, but that is one of them. I don't know how many people have to die. He declared a state of emergency for COVID. And our numbers, if you add up car accidents, um, COVID deaths, and suicides all together, it doesn't even come close to the amount of overdose deaths that are happening. And yet we get the least amount of funds. Um, you know, the budget that was announced is a joke. Um uh, again, most money goes to treatment and abstinence-based programs, which I do believe we need, but that's not the only thing we need. And, um, and even that is disgusting. The, <laughs> um, the way that it's set up and designed is a system of failure, as we've all seen. Um, you know, kicking people out because of one relapse um, kicking people out because of one relapse and not having them a script when they leave or any options except to go back to illicit supply after being off of it for days or weeks is, is not acceptable. And also what really upsets me about the treatment thing is that all that money goes to fund them. But yet when we try and get somebody into treatment, if they're on welfare or disability, there's no beds. But if somebody has money, there's beds for them. There's only a certain amount of beds in each one that are for people on welfare disability. So they'll let those other beds go empty before they'll let somebody on welfare in there. And, and I don't think any government should fund anything like that. And if they don't accept people on methadone, they shouldn't be funded by the government either because that's, that's bullshit. Right. Oh, bull crap. I'll, I'll take it out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get all riled up on that. But yeah, it's really, uh, it's a very uh, sore spot for me, but. I mean, I want to talk about it, but I just don't want to get angry. <laughs> it's hard not to. It, it is. I, I am very angry that the suicides, that the overdoses and drug related harms, the war on drugs is a war on people. It's failed miserably. 
Um, it, so much money has gone into police and, and all this stuff. And, and, and I see people, they're arrested, they're let out the next day or that day. Um, they, nothing happens. So why are we putting so much money into RCMP when it's nothing's making a change anyways? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It should be health, uh, mental health, people going out, doing those checks, uh, wellness checks. It should be uh, peers going out with them. You know, we don't need police except for major crimes. Absolutely. Thank you, Jenny, so much. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you found time in your schedule that you could do this with us. I'm honored. I'm so glad to be here. And, and I just want to say like Women's International Day. Yes. Yes, women. <laughs> Absolutely. Em, did you have anything more to say or add? Just thank you so much for letting me be here. That was so wonderful. Um, I have so much to learn from both of you. <laughs> awesome. Jenny, we all learn from each other. Jenny's like a, an encyclopedia to me. And, and I just wish I could plug <laughs> into her brain. <laughs> well, you know what, Amy? You know so much about other things that I don't know about yeah. you. So we can pick each other's brain and around. teach each other. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I will let you get back to your incredibly busy day. I, I love you. Be safe. You and, too. Uh, hope to see you back on the island soon. I'll be there on the 22nd, I believe. Awesome. All right. Yes. Be I'll safe, see you everybody. Then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank ah. you so much. <laughs>